Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Okay, so I want to continue talking to you this morning about faith. I think I spoke to you last week about faith, and I said that, you know, you need to be shutting the door behind you from any distractions. So you recall that? You remember that? I hope you kind of didn't leave the building and think, okay, what was that message? Um, That's okay, you can have a bad memory like me, that's okay. But as long as your life, you know, the Holy Spirit brings into remembrance at a given time situation, that's what God does. When you hear the Word, His Holy Spirit reminds you of His Word. And that's why it's important for us to fellowship. It's important for us to listen to God's Word. It's very encouraging to see in this room uh, the same familiar faces every Sunday. It's very encouraging because it shows me that, you know, that you're putting the priorities of God first. Um, Because it's not easy. Some Sunday mornings, it's not easy to come to church. It's not easy because the devil's on your back not wanting you to come. And if you think it's easy to come, I think it's a bit of a concern. You know, because it's almost like the devil's leaving you for a season or a time. It's difficult to come into the house of God because the devil doesn't want to. There's a spiritual battle every time. And every time that you're here is victory. I think I mentioned that last time. Every time you're here, it's victorious. So know this, that God brought you here to hear His Word, and that's my confidence this morning. Whoever you are, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, it doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for a short time or a long time, it doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're young or you're old, that God brought you, allowed you to be here to listen to His Word. So please, focus on the things of God Keep your eyes open to His Word so that you may prosper in your soul. So turn with me um, to Luke chapter 17, verse 5 to 6. Luke chapter 17, 5 to 6. I think this is one of those scriptures that we kind of read and we kind of um, skim over in some ways. Like we kind of just, you know, look at it, but we don't really dig deep enough to understand it. But let's look at this very simple uh, passage in Luke chapter 17, verse 5 to 6. Okay, I want to talk about faith, and I'm going to continue talking about faith. But for this morning, I want to ask you the question, do I need a strong faith or do I need more faith? Do I need a strong faith or do I just need more faith? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Strong faith. Okay, let's look. Luke chapter 17, verse 5 to 6. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. If you have faith as small as the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this sycamore tree, get up by the root and you can throw that into the sea. That's quite interesting, right? Because the disciples want, they're zealous. They want to grow with God. They want to be close to Him. They want to do what Christ wants them to do. And so they, 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 all their enthusiasm, their zeal, they're asking, Lord, increase it for me. Like most Christians, I'm sure that's the, the fire in your heart. I, wanna, I want you to increase it. I want, I want more of it. And Jesus quite simply says, listen, and I find it quite remarkable, honestly. He says quite simply, listen, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, which is one of the very smallest seeds, and, and as small as that, the smallest of all things, if you have that much faith, you can tell this sycamore tree to get up, go into the sea. 
So what do we learn from Jesus' very beautiful, very, very simple words? Do I need a lot of faith? Do I need more faith? And most of our prayers are like that, aren't we? Lord, increase my faith. Sometimes we pray, we find ourselves, hang on, am I pray- is this right theologically? Like, increase my faith. Jesus said, if you have, and you kind of, kind of lost a bit, you know. Do I need more faith or do I just need faith? I'll give you an example. If there's a boulder here, and let's use people as, as, a, as a type of faith, people are faith. And I, I call one person, come and help me lift this boulder. So this person comes, faith comes, lifts this boulder, and we're not lifting it. So what do I do? I get more people. Say, so over here, more faith, more faith, and we're still kind of not lifting the boulder. Jesus comes along and says, what are you guys doing? We say, well, we're increasing our faith. He goes, you don't need to increase your faith. This one here just needs to be strong. This one, this guy, this one, this faith, it just needs to be strong. And that's quite beautiful, right? Because I think, man, I don't need to go around trying to increase my faith. It means that basically the faith that I've got and the faith that I've been given to me is like God saying to me, lift it. Lift it. Have you got faith? Yes, Lord. Lift it. It's quite solid. It's quite sound. It's quite strong. Lift it. You don't need more faith. You don't need to do like more things. You don't need to go on mission trips. You don't need to go to India to see how, you know, be impacted, to be influenced, to be inspired, to be motivated. You don't need to go to another sermon like so that you can be enthused. You got faith. Lift it. Hard to believe, isn't it? That's faith. It's hard to believe. I believe, Lord. Help my unbelief. I believe. That's faith. Now, the context of this passage, I want you to understand very, very significantly, was something that mattered to most people. And I think sometimes when we look at this verse, we're not reading it in light of what Jesus was actually trying to teach his disciples. What does he actually say to his disciples? Verse 3, yeah, go with me. Luke chapter 17. Let's read what he was actually saying to the disciples. Before he actually mentions in verse 5, he's actually given them some information that they're a little bit wrestling with. So in verse 3, he says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespasses against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to see, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And then we read him saying, and the apostle said unto the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. So what's the context of them wanting to increase their faith? What's the context? Was it some kind of uh, devastation? Was it some kind of a, a trial or a hardship or a suffering that basically they were requiring Christ more faith, more faith? What was the context? He's telling them that you need faith. What was it? Forgiveness and relationships. When people trouble you, when people hurt you, when people inflict you, and he's basically saying to the disciples, listen, when someone upsets you and they really injure you and they really hurt you and they turn around and they say, forgive me, you should say, 
you're forgiven. And if they do that a time and 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 time again, you turn around and you say, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Mercy, forgiven, mercy, mercy, forgiven. And this blew their mind. This is what caused them to ask, increase our faith. Isn't that interesting? It was this, it was this teaching that caused them to ask Christ, I can't do this. This is too difficult. You've got to increase my faith. You've got to, you've got to do something with my faith so that I can actually do this because this is hard. In fact, the truth is they were spot on. It is very, very hard because you speak to people and their biggest issues in life is relationships. They're hurt, they're they're wounded, they're bound, they're chained by other people. And it's very, very hard. What What do you want me to do? Just keep saying sorry, 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 sorry? Well, if they keep turning around asking for sorry, you say sorry, sorry. I can't do this. Increase my faith, Jesus. It's not asking like to part the Red Sea. It's not asking the walls of Jericho to come down. It's not asking to move this boulder. It's just asking, forgive every time someone asks for forgiveness. Oh, man, increase my faith. Because I know those things that have happened to me. I know the things that people have said. I know the things that... And, and I know if they're going to come back and say, sorry, oh man, I'm going to have to say, you're forgiven. I need you to increase my faith. Now listen, it's beautiful because sometimes Jesus tucks in certain words and certain phrases that he says to us and we don't pay attention to them like we've kind of like it's not, not significant. I'm telling you the truth, every word that Jesus speaks is like gold from heaven. Every word, every single thing. Man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from his lips. And Jesus is the same. If you listen carefully to his words, how many of you have considered what he meant by the sycamore tree? And why did Jesus choose a sycamore tree to describe faith? Have you thought that? Like, if I'm a disciple, and he's talking to me, and he goes, listen, I'll tell you the truth, you can uproot that sycamore tree. I'm thinking, Jesus, man, be practical. What do you mean by a sycamore tree? In fact, listen carefully to his words. He says this to them. He says... If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto what? This, this sycamore tree, this sycamore tree, what does that mean? That means were they walking past and when they're having this conversation that there was a sycamore tree right there and Jesus said to them, this sycamore tree? Is that what was happening? Or was he talking about something that was a state in their heart that was going on that resembled and reflected a sycamore tree? And the very root or or bitterness in your heart of unforgiveness, uh, lacking mercy, is actually this, is a sycamore tree. And what is a sycamore tree? Have you ever thought, what is a sycamore tree? I know what a cedar tree is. I know what a willow tree is. What's a sycamore tree? Well, a sycamore tree was a very popular tree in the Middle East. It was everywhere. People knew what a sycamore tree was. And a sycamore tree was renowned for grounding its roots into the earth and it was stronger beneath the ground level than it was at the top level. Its roots dug deep into the earth and it searched for water and it grabbed the earth. It was very difficult to get rid of. Like if you, even if you cut it and, and got rid of it, it was bound to sprout up again. This is the sycamore tree. And he goes, and this sycamore tree, this 
bitterness, this root, this, this thing that's, that's harnessed in your heart at, a, at a level deeper than you can actually see. This, if you say this by faith, get up, you can grab it by the root and cast it into the sea. See, this is the hope of the Christian. How can you say there is no forgiveness? Like, how can Christians say, I can't forgive? It's impossible. If you say you can't forgive, it's impossible. You're not hearing the words that says you can believe because all things are possible. And this belief grabs that sycamore tree of, of, of whatever it is, whatever issue, whatever obstacle, and it grabs it by the root, the guts of it, the, the, its life source, and it rips it out of the ground and casts it into the sea. It's a shame that people don't believe in the power of God's forgiveness and the power of forgiveness through people by the Holy Spirit because of faith and faith alone. So Christians walk around and they live their lives with with a hidden root that no one else gets to see, but they manage life with brothers and sisters and families with there's a thing that's impossible to kind of uproot in their life. Unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever it is, among the brothers and sisters in the church. You just can't get this sycamore tree out. Did you know that the sycamore tree produces a fruit that is fig-like? It looks like a fig. But it's not like the mulberry fig. It's like a fig that's basically bitter. And only the rich people could eat the mulberry fig. The poor people settled with this, this sycamore fig-like fruit on the sycamore. And they would, they would buy it, they would eat it. But the, the taste of it was very bitter. It was foul. And so the only way you could eat it was a little bit at a time. But it was, it was tasteless, like it was ugly. <laughs> and it's this, this sycamore tree of bitterness, that you, you, it's foul and sickening, but you, but you dig at it a little bit at a time. And he's saying, this sycamore tree, you need to uproot by faith because it, is, it, it requires faith. It requires faith. Did you know that they use the sycamore wood to build their coffins? So bitterness, bitterness, Resentment, unforgiveness requires faith because the nature and the very essence of it is death. It's death. And that's why the church of God and the house of God and the people of God are are full of love. And with love, there's mercy. And with mercy, there's forgiveness that is new all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And that's why the disciple says, wow, man. You need to increase my faith. And Jesus is saying, no, I don't. I don't need to increase your faith. You just need to have faith. You just need to have faith. You need to be active. And you need to do. That's what it is. How powerful is that? Jesus saying to the disciples, listen, you need to have faith and you need to do. For example, there are people in this room who struggle to believe in Jesus Christ and give their heart to Jesus Christ for whatever reason. What I'm saying to you is, no, you don't need to struggle. You need to believe and you need to repent and you need to accept Jesus Christ. 
That's all you need to do. There's people in this room who are bound to sin or have some, some, some kind of issue or some kind of a thing, and they'll go back and forth and back and forth and rehearse it and rehearse it and rehearse it. And Jesus says, now listen, you don't need to do anything. You don't need to increase your faith. You don't need to sit another Bible study. You don't need to listen to another sermon on YouTube. You need to just do. You know, if there's forgiveness, you need to ask for forgiveness. If there's, if there's a, a command or a call of God, you just need to obey. And if you're waiting for something, it's not going to happen. Listen, it's not going to happen because God doesn't wait. Today is the day of salvation. When you say you're waiting for something, all the devil's doing is he's just binding your time. He's just binding your time. But God is urgent. God is desperate for your soul. He's not letting it linger. Today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So listen, Jesus speaks the same words that he mentions to the disciples in another place and he uses a different description regarding faith. He says this in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Look at the very simple words our Lord our beautiful Lord Jesus Christ. Very, very simple words. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to 24. He says this. And Jesus answering said unto them, look at this, have faith in God. That's his words. <laughs> have faith in God. That's his teaching to the disciples. <laughs> have, faith, have faith in God. Somehow, somewhere, I don't know what's happened, we've slipped away from that mark. And every time we, we tell people have faith in God, we feel like we've got to extend or we've got to, we've got to um, define it better for them or, you know. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if you had to go to Bible college to do that? How long would it take a man to be saved? Can you imagine you had to do you had to attend church a certain number of times to do that? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking to those people who who at the moment are not Christian. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking to those people at the moment who are, who struggle with their faith or, or or there's some issues with their faith. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen to the description that he says in verse 23, For verily I say to you, whoever shall say unto this mountain, Be you removed, and be you cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Well... So no, this is not the sycamore tree, this is the mountain. Did you know a mountain is big? Do I need to go through? Do I have to describe a mountain? Do you know the mountain is big? Do, do you know a mountain is very hard to climb? you know your issue is big? Do you know whatever you're, you're in, whatever circumstance, is very hard to climb? You know, the one thing about the mountain that, that's quite distinct for me is that it blocks your view. You can't see past the mountain because it's the biggest thing in your life. And when someone says to you, hey, you know, uh, you know that, <laughs> that mountain, you can, you're going, oh, you don't understand, of course. 
because you, you, you're, 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 you're blocked. You can't see beyond what the person's trying to say to you. But what does Jesus say? You've got to believe. You've got to believe. Anyone who believes can take that mountain, just like a sycamore tree, uproot it, and cast it into the sea. I find that interesting, the sea. He mentions it twice. Maybe you've got some ideas about it. I don't know. But I like the feeling of plunging myself into the water and just being cleansed. My issue, my problem, just washed away. Gone. I find it interesting that the sin that Jesus takes from us is cast into the ocean and remembered no more. Whatever your problem, whatever your issue... So now that I've explained to you that faith is a matter of believing and just believe and that you can't increase your faith, you just need to do. You're asking me, but how? How? Well, Jesus actually tells the disciples, if we continue to go back to Luke chapter uh, 17, and this, brothers and sisters, is probably the start of what I want to continue next week, is how do I have a strong faith? How do I have a strong faith? And I believe Jesus here describes it beautifully for us. Have a look at this passage, because it's in light of what he's talking to the disciples. Let's go verse 5. And apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, be you plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. It will obey you. It has no mastery over you. It has no control. Now listen, if we go to verse 7. But which of you, now for some strange reason, he gives this kind of a picture of a servant after telling them what faith does. And in verse 7 he says, But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by when he has come from the field, Go and sit down to meat? And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward you shall eat and drink. He's giving him an example. He goes, tell me something. You know, if you have a servant, how many of you who has a servant, when your servant comes home after working hard, you say to your servant, hey, hey, are you okay? Are you tired? You seem a bit tired. Why don't you sit down and I'll make you something to eat? He's asking them, who does that? Who does that? And obviously no one does that. That's what he's saying. No one does that. No one waits for their servant to come home after working and plowing um, so that they can serve them. The master doesn't do that. The master, when a servant comes after working hard and sweating and dirty and, and messy and that's coming through the door, he doesn't say, oh, you, should, you need a shower. He goes, no, no. He, goes, he says, can you go and fix me something to eat? I'm tired. I've been working day. I'm sitting down. Go get me something to eat. That's what a servant does. And then he goes, goes on to say, in verse 9, does he thank that servant? Because he did the things that were commanded him. I I think not. Verse 10. So likewise, you, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, 
We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Here we learn how the obstacle to faith has to do with pride and what is owed to me and what belongs to me. And as long as you have that pride, this idea of increasing your faith is not going to happen. And this idea of having faith strong won't be there. Because faith and pride is in conflict. If you think people and the world owe you something, you're never going to have the faith that you desire so much. If you think your brothers or sisters or your church owes you something, then you're not going to have the faith that you desire so much when you say, increase my faith. But he says something quite amazing. He says, if you acknowledge that basically where you are and where you're at has been given to you by God, and this is the outcome, and this is my lot, then this is, this is something got to do with strong faith. Because you've cut at the, at the root that I no longer live, but now Christ now lives in me. And if you live your life knowing this, your faith will be strong. But any time you still want to hold on to your own life, that I'm owed something, like even when I do something good for God, you know? And even if I do something good for someone else, there's always that lingering or that little little stain or, or, or smudge of my flesh and my gratitude and, and, and what I'm owed and my acknowledgement and my affection and my significance. And as long as you have that in you, you can't be strong in faith. But someone who's strong in faith is someone who's dependent only on God and God alone and what God gives him is good for him. That's strong in faith. Because when that day comes, he asks of the Lord, he can demand and know it shall be given to him. You notice those words that Jesus says. He says he can ask whatever he wants, whatever he desires, and it will be given to him. This is the thing that you forfeit. This is the thing you trade in when you live for yourself. When God is promising you the kingdom of heaven and everything on earth, by mere faith, by believing in him, you trade it in because you want to live. Rather than being the servant who's toiled hard all day and says, what now, master? And not expect a thanks because why would I be thanked for? It's like when I do an exam with a student and my student comes back and says, hey, sir, I got 100%. Do you think I deserve something? Why would you deserve something that you got 100%, man? Isn't that alone a reward? Like, shouldn't you give me something because I got you to the 100%? (laughs) But that's how Christians are sometimes. Look what I've done. Look how I've done it. Rather than thinking, man, look what I was able to do by the grace of God through faith. Rather than accept some kind of reward. Very simple. God says, believe. Believe and you shall be saved. So do it. Believe. And if you're finding that hard, then die to self. Die to self and live. You get me? Pride is the opposite to this growth. And God willing, next week, I want to touch on that. I want to touch on obstacles and hindrances to this faith. But there shouldn't be anyone in this room who leaves this room or this day today and says, I can't do this. Believe. 
Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Let's bow our heads and pray. As you have your heads bowed, don't complicate it. Don't complicate it. Faith is simple. If you believe. Jesus answered, saying unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. All things are possible to them that believe. All things are possible to them that believe. There's people in this room who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And whatever reason, whatever excuse you use, listen. If you want to know him, you can know him. That's it. If you want to know Jesus, you can know Jesus. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess him as your Lord and Saviour, you shall be saved. Do you want to know him? Come to him and ask him forgiveness of sins and cleansing. That the very sins that you've done in life has separated you from him and from people. And he is very ready to cleanse you, wash you. But he wants you to be aware that to follow Christ comes at a cost. It will change your life. This faith converts you. And you need to be aware that if you want this faith to be what it needs to be, you've got to die. You no longer live, but Christ now lives in you. And when you just can't believe, it's because there's a part of you that's still alive. And you've got to die. I tell you the truth. This sycamine tree can be grabbed by the root, whatever it is, and be cast into the sea if you believe. being sure of all that I hope for and certain of what we cannot see by faith we understand that the universe was formed under God's command and feel the warmth. 
pray that um, when you leave this place this morning, that you would walk in such a way that you would listen to the thoughts of your heart and the thoughts of your mind, and that you can ask yourself the question, is everything I say and the way I think a reflection of faith? Because I think if you're able to catch those thoughts where you might say, well, no, that's not a reflection of faith you might see a close parallel to the fact that there's areas that you're still alive. Your responses, your answers, things you say and the way you do things related to you still want to live. But if you're able to take 
note of those things and put them in subjection to the Spirit of God and bind them, then you're on your way to strengthening that faith. You're strengthening that faith. Father in heaven, I pray, Lord God, that your word comes back into remembrance throughout the week, Lord God. Those things that we fail to articulate clearly, Lord God, your Holy Spirit would speak volumes to the heart and the soul of those who seek your face. That you would, Lord, make yourself known to them, remind them of the word that they heard, and strengthen them, Lord God, I pray. We ask you this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.